Hello, it is August 23rd, 2018, and this <laughs> is Important <laughs> If True. <laughs> it's been five months since Important If True last time. I know. I know. The only good podcast. <laughs> the only good podcast created by three men in a room. <laughs> The soundtrack for this podcast? Yeah. Hi everybody, welcome to White Lotus Radio, a podcast all about the legend of Korra. My name is Allison underscore coffee. My co-host today is Nora Blake. As always, it's Nora Blake coming at you gamers. What's up? What's good, internet? Rise the fuck up. Gamer huh? Nation. <laughs> Are, do you want to talk about Legend of Korra or... Uh, uh, this week on White Lotus Radio, we are, we watched the last three episodes of book three, which are titled, uh, The Ultimatum, Ultimatum, Enter the Void, Into the Void, and Venom <laughs> of the Red Lotus. Allie is fucking pumped today. <laughs> There's some energy here. Are you feeling that? <laughs> Okay, okay. So, listeners, I asked Nora a question while we watched the TV show, and the question was this, which is, are we being too mean to the legend of Korra? Nah. Because I don't... The last two episodes were the best two episodes of the season, and I still don't really like this season of the television show that everyone seems to love. It's and okay I d- to not like things that other people like. I'm starting to just, like, doubt myself, you know? It's like, is this thing actually good and I'm wrong? And I don't think I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't think you're wrong either, because I agree with you, and that would make me wrong. Yeah. Okay, Fun so... Fun fact about me is that I'm never wrong. <laughs> All right, well, uh, that's the podcast. You can listen back to this podcast and- <laughs> of me being wrong certainly you remember, never wrong remember when Ko about showed fa- up in season two <laughs> <laughs> remember when Ko definitely showed up in this season and season two and the first season <laughs> so i liked two of these three episodes i think the ultimatum kind of sucked do you want to talk about it? We start off in Bossing Say. We start out off in Bossing Say with the coolest cop ever. <laughs> Make a trick. <laughs> Damn. Damn. I'm not even wrong. You're not even wrong is the thing. He's a super cop. Oh yeah, cool cop who is like 
sees looters coming to the Earth Queen Palace and is just like, I'm not going to stop you. I'm going to help you. Oh, I thought I thought you were being sarcastic and you were talking about Mako. Because no. Mako doesn't cop it up. No. Mako is an asshole cop, as usual. I forgot about the cool palace guard who's like, no, I'm not going to stop you. I want to show you where the good stuff is. Yeah, that guy rules. Anyway, Mako and Bolin escape from Bossing Say on an airship that they steal. Uh, they grab their family out of Bossing Say. That's all that really happens there. They drop their family off in Zaufu. Yeah, they drop their family off in Zaufu. For a second, I got mixed up and thought they dropped them off in the uh, town with the hotel from earlier. I they stop in there for some reason. I forget why. That's when they they're tracking Korra in the airship. Right. And they go in there and they meet Zuko and they meet Korra and then from there they take they go back to Zafu. Right. Okay. So they go back to Zafu. Um meanwhile, Korra gets a phone call. It's Brittany, bitch. <laughs> Korra can't answer the phone right now. She's fucking dead. <laughs> 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 no, she can't come to the phone right now because she's all tied up. True. Cora gets tied up several times in these couple episodes, and it's just something we noticed. She's get tied up a lot in the show. We don't often call attention to it, but uh, I'm calling attention to it this time. Manacles, tentacles, uh, air, uh, chains, mm-hmm. uh, a whole... Uh, at one time, at one Can- point, cannibal man. Yeah, at one point, her hands are handcuffed to her legs. I don't happens a lot. Oh, okay. I thought you meant separately, and I was like, I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> like right to right and left to left. Like, I definitely don't remember that. <laughs> so. Cora gets a phone call, which is basically Zaheer says, um, either turn yourself in, Cora, or I'm going to kill all the airbenders. And th- this is why, like, the, none, nothing in this show, in this season, works to me because of this moment. <laughs> because Zaheer is trying to be portrayed as a like idealist sort of thing but the writers have like so little care for Zaheer and his characterization that um they just make him a guy who's gonna do a genocide and it sucks hey isn't it fucked up what the fire lord did to the air nomads anyway right like time to kill the air nomads again yeah, it's fucked up, and it just, like, undercuts all of his character, and, like, if his character doesn't work, then this season doesn't really work, because they don't do any character work with anyone except the villains, ever. I mean, they had Lin's arc in this season. They had Lin's arc, and they had Tenzin's arc, both of which were, like, single episodes or 
two-parters and like mm-hmm. are still not i guess like, there was that one episode that we specifically didn't talk about at all with the bison and then the airbenders but like who changes in that episode uh doesn't doesn't kai like become heroic or i guess so yeah I guess. I don't remember. <laughs> that was a week ago. Two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. A, two weeks ago. Um, I just... There's not much character stuff in any, like, ongoing sense either. It's like, and now is the Tenzin episode where Tenzin changes. And they did that for the first time ever in season three. And, like, it was good, but, like, and the the Beifong stuff was good, but, like, I didn't feel too impacted by it. I don't know. Here's the, here's the deal. Here's the deal. The action scenes in this show don't do anything except determine the physical outcome of where characters are. Right. Imagine how cool it would be if when um, Tenzin is fighting off the entire Red Lotus team, if it starts to cut back to season one style camera work where it shows his feet and how he's dodging things. And we like see everything we've learned about, we as viewers have learned about airbending for three seasons, culminating in watching an airbending master completely dodge three like other masters of different elements and like hold off multiple people at once and like show off like you can't fight people with airbending like you can with firebending but you can like you can like occupy multiple master benders yeah yeah that would have been really cool and a good tenzin moment and like okay sometimes i worry that this is an unfair line of criticism but, like, the other thing is that stuff like that happened in the first show. In the first show, like, we had a very good understanding of how bending styles differed from one another. And, like, the first show would have absolutely shown Tenzin fending them off in, like, the, like in a way that would have mirrored, like, something Aang did, you know? And just, like, you don't get that. You get, at one point, he does, like, a Kamehameha of air at Zaheer. It's just... But, like, remember how Iroh mentions the, the importance of breath in season one of Last Airbender at the end? And then that whole rest of that, the, that two-parter, we see Zuko constantly using breath and, like, focusing on his breath. Well, and he, then he mentions it in the very first episode that like Zuko is like a good fighter who won't become a master because he doesn't have any patience, you know. And mm-hmm. then they spend the whole season developing Zuko's patience both as a fighter and as a character. Right. And then like I don't know. It just Yeah. I don't 
maybe I'm an asshole for saying like this show doesn't hold up to the first show, but like what I'm trying to say is that there's like storytelling techniques that the first show used that like this show this show just doesn't do much storytelling or very much good storytelling, you know? And like like I know that these seasons are segmented because that like a lot of the production like future was was shaky, but like looking back should have been okay. Like bringing things forward from old seasons should have been okay. Yeah. Like if you don't know that you're gonna get a third one, have the second one build off of the first one so you can like just do a better ending. Yeah. But like we've we've had this conversation at every finale. <laughs> yeah. And like this finale will change that ever so slightly from season four. Season four picks up a couple threads from season three a little more in that it doesn't at all. Um, it is fucking mm-hmm. dumb that it took them three seasons to figure out, oh, we can plant seeds. And it's not until the last episode that they plant those seeds, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and as of now, we're in uncharted territory for me. I haven't seen any of the fourth season except for like the first five minutes of the first episode several years ago. I just don't remember stuff. Um, as has been demonstrated throughout the show, I thought I remembered stuff and did not, which is fine and dandy. Um, we also anyway. met a, a little cameo in this episode. <laughs> a little, uh, little Earthbender cameo. Yeah. So that was one of those seeds. I was there's like two seeds that are planted, and one of them is we bump into some lady named Kuvira. Remember that name. <laughs> The show has, repeats it twice, which it never does. It never names characters, ever. <laughs> and so the fact that they name this random person twice probably means she's important somehow. Um. Uh. Uh. uh I gotta order because there's other stuff I want to talk about. So we can oh, just yeah. jump around. It's the finale. This is the finale. Whole season. As a whole, we, we got free reign. Be the lead. Yeah, yeah, we can totally jump around. I just was like, okay, we talked about the genocide thing, and we did some things, and then I wanted to get to the next thing because the next thing that happens, the so the next thing that happens, Cora gets this call that Zahir is going to wipe out the Airbenders, and um, she go she. Goes to the spirit world to try and find Zaheer. Doesn't do that. Finds Iroh. Iroh's like, hey, I know you can't talk to Aang. Um, maybe you should talk to Zuko. A moment that would work better if she had ever spoken to Aang on, t- on screen. Uh-huh. For more than like six seconds. Even when um, she figured out how to talk to Aang, she didn't. Yeah, yeah. Aang showed up one time at the end of the first season. I don't think she talked to Aang for any of the second season. No, Aang is not in the second season. And if she talks to him like four times in the second season, then all of the second season works better. This moment at the end of the third works better. I'm sure stuff in season four will work better because I'm sure this will continue to be an issue. But she talks to Iroh. Iroh says to talk to Zuko. And Zuko says, 
Well, I can't know for sure, but I'm, I think Aang would have given himself up to protect the airbenders. And as a viewer of the show, I can assure you that Aang would do that because he did it in like every single episode of the first television <laughs> series. That's he did it in Aang's the first whole episode bit. of the TV show. <laughs> he did it in the first episode because when Zuko came to the village at the South Pole, he yeah. let himself get captured. It's it's Egg's whole thing is to give himself up to protect others. But thanks, Zuko. Zuko did do a solid. Zuko justified his presence in the show. I I really yes. wanted more of a moment where Zuko was like, you talked to Iroh? You talked to my dad? Yeah. Uh, anyway, I gotta go. Yeah. Hey, you think it'd be kind of... You ever wonder, like... I guess this couldn't happen. I guess I'm not thinking of this in the right way. I was like, it'd be kind of cool if you, like, bumped into Ozai in the spirit world somehow, but, like, that can't happen, I don't think. No. I was thinking because we've but, seen that one general, I was like, oh, is it like the afterlife? And I was like, no, it's not. No, it's not. So. But Zuko could walk through the spirit portal. Yeah, Zuko could go open. hang out with Iroh anytime he wanted. I might look to see if there's any good fan fiction of like just a scene where Iroh gets to see old Zuko finally and like see where how far he went without i wrote a guide him okay here's the fanfic is that zuko finds out he can see iroh again he does this and as he says like hey i'll be back soon i'm gonna go back to you know the physical world uh i'll see you again soon that's when like iroh decides to let go and leave the spirit world because he finally feels fulfilled because he saw his boy grow up so you just want to make it sad. Yeah, make it sad. It's already sad. You wanted to make it sadder? Yeah. I listen okay. to a lot of Friends at the Table. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Zuko's like, you should give yourself up. Korra's like, I'm going to give myself up. And then Korra's team, not really understanding what self-sacrifice is, hatch a plan. Um to stop her from I mean, giving that's herself the thing, up. Right? That's what you'd actually do. Right. Yeah. That's a, yeah, I'm not being fair to the show with that one like cuz that's like a fine thing. That's every uh. show. <laughs> <laughs> then they um. have a big fight on a big flat piece of rock yes. with lots of open space to just throw rocks at each other. Um, yes, so... This is a thing. Um, even in shows where I really like the combat, like Ruby, uh, sometimes you just get a big fight scene and people pair off in the middle of a really big open room and don't mm -hmm. interact with each other's fights at all. And it's like, kind of disappointing there's a big there's a really big important fight in ruby with like four different fights happening together in the same big empty room and none of them like cross each other yeah um i feel like that happens semi-regularly in this show yeah for sure 
Um, Especially now that they're not in the city anymore. Yeah. Um. 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 I'm like suddenly so spacey. I came in with all this energy, and I'm, I, I lost it. But that's cool. You've let go your earthly tether. <laughs> no, I think my air conditioner is just off, and I'm sweaty. But that's fine. Um. Bend the sweat. The <laughs> sweat bending. So. They go to try and get the hostages in exchange for Korra. Um, they are duped because, of course, they are duped. Um, meanwhile, they're they, they are duped, so Korra tries to escape. Um, her dad and some middlebenders show up, and Mako and Bolin go to fight um, the lava bender Gazan and uh, the arm lady. Mingwa. Mingwa. Okay. And as they're escaping, Bolin realizes that he can lava bend. Uh, and everybody barely gets out in one piece of the uh Yeah. Of the temple. Uh up on the on, on the rock, Korra is tied up and trying to bend. She's doing okay, but not really great. Um mm -hmm. Tarlock gets thrown off. Wait. Tonrock? No. Tarlock? Yes, Tonrock. 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 Tarlock is the evil councilman from the first season. <laughs> Tonrock is the, is the yes. dad. Tonrock is the dad. And I didn't... I, this didn't click for me at all. Korra then thinks her dad is dead for the remainder of um, the fight. So... Yeah. Um... Because uh, he gets thrown off the cliff. Uh, she's very upset. Um, mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Sulin. Su, 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 what is her name? Su. Su Yin and Su Lin Bei Fong. And Lin. Su slash Lin <laughs> is fighting. <laughs> uh, are fighting. Uh, plea. Plea. And they win. They win. And... It's fucked up. <laughs> the thing that happens is fucked up entirely, which is that Lynn distracts Plea, and while she is distracted, Su Yin puts like a piece of metal, like wraps. Um, Plea's head in like a metal shirt thing and Plea combustion bends into this and just blows up her own damn head and it's fucked up <laughs> I feel like it doesn't fit the show mm -hmm. like it's cool but like it feels weird and dissonant and like I don't know it's it's just it it's feels way way more than the show usually is it feels like a Zack Snyder move damn damn does 
Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's edgy. If I were if I were a writer on Legend of Korra, I would be sending you a letter of lawsuit for libel and slander, my friend. <laughs> like shit. Uh-huh. But I, I think I stand by it because, like, it's it's yeah. too edgy for this show. Yeah. And people really, like, got hung up on this scene and were like, oh, look at how mature Korra is. Look at how, like, edgy and cool this show is. We can't watch it on TV. Gotta do it online because they're too Gotta put real. it online. Not because That's the like, ratings are terrible. Yeah, it's it got like annoying. <laughs> uh, like it's it's a cool thing. It's just like it doesn't work for me in Korra. No, no. Um. So, with the death of his girlfriend, who are we in Enter the Void now? Or are we still in Ultimatum? No, we're in Enter the Void. We're in Enter the Void. Yeah earlier in this episode is like an actually somewhat effective scene of like um plea and zaheer getting ready for this like final fight basically and they like kiss and it's like okay like these two people care about each other and then that sets up her death and with her death he is able to unlock like a new airbending power because he untethers himself from this earth he, the only thing he seems to care about is as earthly tethered is plea not his like master plan of of killing the avatar that's not an earthly tether his no. friendship with his other teammates is not an earthly tether no he doesn't yeah. care about them I guess not like <laughs> And this is just, like, another thing of, like, Zaheer's character does not... I Zaheer's character never comes together in any way, is all he I was going to say. He doesn't act like he's let go of his earthly tethers. No, he seems pretty pissed off still about everything. In fact, he gets more pissed off after this point. Yeah, and you'd expect him to reach, like, some zen state from here. So, Zaheer flies away with Korra, and we end up in this cave. She's all chained yeah, up. Also, he can fly. We didn't mention that. I the think we mentioned he power. can fly. I think we mentioned he could fly. Mm, I could be wrong. You said he unlocked new airbending powers. <laughs> Maybe I didn't mention he could fly. I thought I did. This Damn. is where future you cuts in to say, actually, <laughs> I was wrong. Hey, fuck off. How about fuck off? Thanks, Future Alley. <laughs> I fucking got you so good. <laughs> um, they catch Korra. Start of the next episode, they put this poison in Korra, and their their grand plan is to end the Avatar cycle by poisoning her to get into get her into the Avatar state, and then killing her. Thus ending the Avatar cycle by air by by last Airbender, like rules, not Korra rules. 
Yeah, we we were talking about this while we watched because like the introduction of Rava makes some of that confusing because I guess killing her in the Avatar state like then kills Rava for the next ten thousand years because that's the only way this all hangs together, you know? Right, and then you're in like a weird space where you have ten thousand years without Rava or Vatu doing anything. Yeah, so maybe this would permanently end both cycles, I guess? Maybe. Maybe, but that's not how this universe works. This universe is like a cycle universe. Yeah. It has, like, reincarnation as a core part of its, like, cosmology, I feel like. We talked about this yeah, briefly Yeah, I think so, before. too. Yes. Because, I... because of what Rava says to Juan when he's dying... Uh, yeah yeah um so like that can't there's no end to any cycle yeah it's just like it would get weird and messy like it was when Juan was the first avatar you know mm-hmm. um so so they're gonna try and kill Korra while, while she's in the avatar state um and this will help them bring about like ten ten thousand years of anarchy. Um, Zahir says the words "my brothers and sisters in anarchy," which was the cheesiest thing I've ever heard. Um, I don't remember that. It was it was real corny. I forget what the I forget what the sentence around that was. But he was monologuing a little bit, and he says the words, my brothers and sisters in anarchy. It's not... Um, I'm not going to get back on the anarchist soapbox. (laughs) I mean, like, in these three episodes, we see... Like, the last two episodes was where we got Zaheer's ideology, and I feel like there's no follow-through on that in these three. Yes? Some lip service, a little bit, but not much. Hello? Hello? Uh, you cut out after we see. <laughs> I was just I was just saying, like, we see Zaheer's um, ideology in the last couple episodes, right? Mm-hmm. And then I feel like there's no follow-through on it here at the climax other than some lip service. Like, I don't feel like anything he's doing reflects his ideology. I think the things he's doing is just, I'm a villain, and so I'm supposed to try and kill Korra because that's what villains do, you know? Also, like, the threat here is not as big of a threat as the last season? Yeah. Yeah, like, by far, because... And, like, this feels better. Like, this whole, the conflict with Zaheer, like, works better, I think, because of, like, some craft things and, like, the the actions scenes being a little better. But, like, in actual terms, like, the stakes are so much lower. <laughs> like, much, much lower. We um, ended the Avatar cycle last season and brought it back. Yeah. Yeah. But... What Zaheer does not account for is that poisoning Korra to get her into the Avatar state 
she's then in the Avatar state and gets swole as fuck and beats the hell out of him. Um, yeah. And there's not much to talk about for the next little bit because it's just 10, 10 minutes, 15 minutes of fighting and no one speaks while they're fighting in this show. Like, there's no... Korra and Zaheer going back and forth about their ideologies because which would have made that all work better. <laughs> um Mako fights the water arm lady and murders her. Um Bolin fights Lava Bendy Guy and is like, haha, now I can lava bend, and Lava Bendy Guy decides to kill himself because uh, he's not gonna go back to prison. Basically, that's what uh, brings the whole temple down around them. Yep. No, that's a different episode. Yeah, no, he lava bends like that whole air temple. He lava yeah, bends but like this an isn't entire the air mountainside we're in anymore. Right, we're in a right, different right. Place. Yeah, we are in the air nomad cage worry. near the temple. If you were thinking, well, maybe they didn't die on screen, so maybe they're still around. Well, we watched a little bonus thing from the uh, creators, which was just dreadful. They just recapped the episode and offered no insights about the thought process or creation. But um, yeah, they kind of Hello? they confirm that like, yeah, those two are definitely dead, dead, dead. Um, which like is boring. Hello? It would be cool if. Korra had to see any of her villains again. Um, uh, Korra is fighting Zaheer and does like okay for a while, is holding her own, but can't quite get the upper hand. Zaheer starts to get the upper hand, and then Jinora um, gets all the airbenders together and uh, like does a big old tornado at Zaheer, and that's how they finally win. That's called um, the suck zone. The <laughs> suck zone. They're basically fighting in... You said they were basically fighting in the same place that Ozai and Aang fought. I said they were fighting in basically the same place that Goku and Vegeta fight. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is the most anime that this show has ever gotten, like, action scene-wise. Um, it's just the biggest, most ambitious fight scene <laughs> in the U.S. Ever. Ever. It's a good fight scene. It's not as good as, like, f Aang fighting Ozai or a lot of things, but it's the best fight scene in Korra so far. Um, Aang fighting Ozai isn't even the best fight scene in Last Airbender. No, no, it's just, like, the one that I think of because it's so big. But, like, I'm sure there's, like, a the, lot of other stuff last, that I like better. The last Agni Kai, for example. Yeah. Yeah, that's Fucking good shit. Just, just no sound effects, just violin and blue and red fire clashing that's all that over good the screen. That's the good that's shit. That's the good shit. That's that good shit. <laughs> um... And yeah, there's just nothing much to say because there's not 
as there would be in any other show, a conversation about who these characters are as they fight, which is just like basic stuff, I feel like. I feel like I have understood that I as mean, a storytelling device since I was 12. But she's in the Avatar state, so you got to deal with it. Yeah, I guess. She's very Surely angry they can come up with some, like... Yeah. Oh, yes, and then, um... Hey, think about it, though. Like, compare this to the Ozai fight, because when Aang goes into the Avatar state, he has, like, the memories of thousands and thousands of other Avatars to, like, turn him into this weapon and mm -hmm. he's very emotionless about it whereas when mm -hmm. Korra does it she only has herself and so she's she becomes this like raging berserker Rage. yeah yeah huh because that is like quintessential Korra yeah that's cool that's a good little touch I think I do I think they did that intentionally no no, no, because like I say, we're now, Nora has these like clips because she bought this uh, on Google Play that you can watch of like the creators talking about the show. And we're like watching this and it just doesn't seem like the creators have any thoughts about the show. It's very strange. If the you can watch those it things, you Mike should. And Brian. It's like animators and directors and storyboarders, but like not writers. Am I remembering right? Have I seen Aaron Ahas' name in the credits in this season? I think maybe. I think maybe. I feel like I've seen Aaron's name again, and I was like, I'm trying to see. Um, it's probably just like some consulting gig or something, of course, you know? Like, it's probably not the thing that you actually want Aaron to be doing. Hey, friends, I didn't see anything about Aaron Hayhaas <clears throat> uh, when I was just clicking around on the Korra wiki for, like, three minutes um, in season three. He could be there. I haven't rewatched the episodes. I haven't looked at the credits, so sorry that I haven't any conclusive answer, but I wanted to... Uh, be more definitive than I was when we were actually recording. Fuck, how do I stop recording? Holy shit. Um, anyway, Cora sees her dad again, cheers up. She's they still think dying. She's still dying, but then Janora somehow realizes that the poison is metal. I don't know how she does that, but she does. And um, Suyin uh, metal bends the po poison out of her, so I guess the poison was just um i guess the poison was just mercury that's a lot of mercury it was like a gallon of mercury i'm worried i'm being too mean to this show but i don't a counterpoint it's not as good as you remember it there's like nothing here Nothing happens. Would In you 13 say episodes, that, I would, feel like nothing happened. <laughs> would you say that this season feels empty? Mm-hmm. Like hollow. Mm-hmm. 
Like, we've done nothing but suffer. I thought you were going for, like, a enter the void joke, and now I've lo- I don't know what joke you're going for. Right, but Korra has also done nothing but suffer. <laughs> <laughs> now she's sad. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, here's the here's the end of this episode. Is it as we mentioned, um we briefly bump into this metal bender who is named Kuvira and like spoiler alert, she is huge in season 4. Um how big? The other th- the other thing, there are two other things. One is that well, Tell me how um, big she gets. She gets she's the villain. But how big does she get? <laughs> I think probably only like six feet tall. Like, I don't think she get very big. She's not Noonalock. Damn. She's not Noonalock. There's another thing, which is that we see Korra after this fight, two weeks after this fight, and she is fucked up. She's in a wheelchair. She is despondent. She will not talk to people. Um, and like, that is a thing that she then processes in season four. And then finally, I don't think it's the most clear at the end of this episode, but like, should I say this? I don't know. Should I say what happens to Zaheer? Because it's not 100% clear at the end of this episode as it perhaps should have been. What happens to Zaheer? Zaheer is in prison now. So Zaheer is still alive, unlike Unalak, unlike Aman, unlike Vatu, unlike <laughs> Zaheer's henchmen. Zaheer is still alive. Hmm. Um, and so... For the first time ever, ever, there are story hooks at the end of a season which give you ideas for things to happen next season. Furthermore, one of those story hooks is about Korra as a character. (laughs) I mean, we had the whole spirit portals thing from season two but we didn't actually use spirits in this season spirits are in this season like twice and when they are there's nothing really discussed about them we have like the beginning where she's dealing with the vines and that's it and then that's yeah it never goes past that ever and then i guess technically opening the portals made the airbenders but that's like a different thing that like the season does actually handle. Um, It's actually, it's the harmonic convergence that brings back airbending, not the opening of the spirit portals. Well, Tenzin says at the end of this episode that it's the opening of the spirit portals, which is great because I love that the writers either forgot or didn't know or something. As I said, I have never wrong. I've never been wrong. <laughs> I've never been wrong. No, no, because at one I'm point the they say Scott harmonic podcast. <laughs> you know what I just noticed? This is just random. Um, we are recording this on August twenty third. These episodes originally aired on August twenty second, twenty fourteen. So that's cool. Yeah. 
Um, Happy four-year anniversary. Yeah, in one day. Wow, season four started really quick after season three. Oh, yeah. Because it starts on it October like a... 3rd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just went. It was like a month break. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, I did not realize that. Um, so Korra is despondent, um, and she's recovering. And so Tenzin decides... Tenzin makes Jinora an airbending master... Uh, and Tenzin decides that the air nomads are going to like move around the world and help uh, help the helpless. You know, they're basically going to do what the Avatar does. Yeah. So, especially while Korra is recovering, which is like, okay, good, yeah. yeah you need to not rely on one person to solve every problem in the world. Yeah. It'd be cool if those, like, White Lotus dudes could help out. Oh, you mean the super cops? Yeah, it'd be cool if the Illuminati, like, kept <laughs> doing their job. Uh, yeah. What kind of balance is it when you have one person who has to solve all the problems in the world? And we've talked about this before, but what kind of balance is it when, like, that one person is the spirit of light and they just kill the spirit of dark. That's not balance. Anyway. <laughs> book four is called balance. I'm sure. Okay. Here's another thing is that book three is called change. And one, I'm not sure why. And two, nothing changes. Um, Cora is a different state at the end than at the beginning. Okay, but that's after 13 episodes. You would think, like, continual change in book three change. The only change is that there are airbenders now. And I guess the spirits, right. but like, I, like we said, we don't see the spirits. So what changed? The, air... the airbenders is, like, the only thing. The airbenders is, are back. Is big. Like, I don't want to discount that. The airbenders being back is big. And also taking on a new role as not just, like, one of the nations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, Bossing Say had a riot, and the queen is dead. Oh, right. I was going to make a joke about, oh, yes, and now Bossing Say is probably going to get a military state. And then I remembered what season four is. Hmm... Taking a quick sip from my There Will Never Be a Fascist in the Earth Kingdom mug. <laughs> Can we make mugs that say There Will Never Be a Fascist in the Earth Kingdom? I'm going to Google how to make mugs. Make a mug. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a mugs? pottery person. I want someone to print this for me. <laughs> right. We need to put it on on a mug in Comic Sans. And Get we need to sell this printed. to support the podcast. Print your mugs. Low is 62 cents. Free shipping. Discountmugs.com. This seems like a scam. Like, surely this is a scam, right? I don't know. Do I look like a smart person to you? <laughs> um, this is not what I want. I don't, This could be what I want. Um, 
ceramic mugs. The first Custom piece of mugs. White Lotus merch is going to be a fucking <laughs> coffee mug that says there will never be a fascist in the Earth Kingdom. <laughs> we didn't even get t-shirts. No. T-shirts that say like... Fucking what do we have jokes on this podcast? <laughs> no. We've never told a joke before. Joke. Okay, so you can you can I'm gonna do personalize and add to cart here, and it looks like you can buy mugs in quantities of twenty four, thirty six, forty eight, seventy two, one hundred and forty four, two hundred and eighty eight, one thousand and eight or 2,520. Nora, do you think we can sell 2,520 mugs? Sure enough. The There's a sale going on, so we will save the scientist. The stealth suit glimmered in and out of visible mode as the warrior brandished the sword. <laughs> no, please, don't hurt me, the engineer cried and wet himself. Where's my friend, the ninja asked. Tell me where he is now or suffer the same fate as those fools out there. I'm sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. Please don't kill me. Don't move, Snake said with the SOCOM in both hands. The ninja turned slowly and faced the eye sensor on him. <laughs> and focused the eye sensor on him. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing, right? Uh-huh. If we order 24 mugs, first we have to sell 22 mugs. Which I don't know if we can do, but we maybe. We have but... about 30 listeners. <laughs> so if we can't, then it's on them. So it'll be $48 plus tax to get 24 mugs printed. Here's the thing, is that if we got... I'm going to type this in, 2,520. <laughs> if we got 2,520 mugs, the maximum number of mugs you can get... It will uh-huh. cost $2,500. However, they're on sale, so we'll be saving $1,500. Okay. So really, we'd be fools not to get 2,500 mugs printed. Allison. <laughs> we can't keep doing this. <laughs> If somebody we get 12 more mugs see... for only 10 more dollars is the thing. I feel like nobody's going to want these mugs. And then they're going to fucking tweet <laughs> at us saying, yeah, I'd buy a mug. And then they won't actually buy a mug. No one will buy the mug is the thing. They'll say they will. And then they won't. I know how Twitter fucking works. It's 2018. We can't do it for the vine. We get it printed on side one, side two, a wrap. Or both sides for an additional $68, which is more than the mugs would cost. (laughs) This is not... Text only. Choose color for text. Uh, Definitely going with this pink right here. Thank God you can get custom fonts. Oh, motherfuckers don't have... These motherfuckers don't have Comic Sans. (laughs) Well, they're certainly not getting any money from me. Comic Sans Undertale. (laughs) <laughs> I started to type there will never be a fascist in the Undertale <laughs> Undertale in birth <laughs> by sleep 
Take the screenshot of the mug and take that picture and print it on t-shirts. <laughs> I muted myself in the call so Allie can't hear this. This is for Allie later. I don't know what she's doing right now, but it's a crime for criminals. Hmm. I just can't get this to look good. Oh, You'll be really? surprised to learn. <laughs> I just can't get this to come together. There it is. There it is. I'm glad that I've decided to spend podcast time on this. <sighs> Do we have more podcasts? Yeah, we have plenty of more podcasts. Let's fucking go. Okay. So, I was looking at this map in Star Wars, trying to figure out what planet this is. <laughs> There's the line that shows Luke's path to Octo, or Acto, Acto, mm-hmm. the planet with the lizard nuns. Um, of course. And it's a rent out of line. It traces all the way back to an unlabeled star uh, next to Kashyyyk, sort of galactic northeast from Kashyyyk. But the, the map that I found is actually rotated 90 <laughs> degrees. It's from the <laughs> Fantasy Flight Games uh, box set based on The Force Awakens. And it looks okay. like it could be one of two sort of options. They're in a line in the right angle. Mm-hmm. So that could be it. It could be um, uh, Balamac, or it could be Charos. Um, <sighs> it's really unclear because there's really no information about those planets. Like, I don't know why the line would start there. I don't know why Luke would go to Kashyyyk either. Maybe we'll because get some more Chewy. like. Maybe we'll get some more like lore in the future once the trilogy wraps and we ha- can like actually explore this time zone. You can't see me just shaking my head at my microphone. I assumed that you would have faded out by now and like ended the podcast oh. while I was talking about the maps. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're going to not do that and just keep this in. I don't know. I don't know. On the last episode, we talked for another, like, 45 seconds, and then I just decided to cut it off at, do you want to not? I mean, hey, listen. Mm -hmm. We only have a few more episodes of this podcast left. Newbie motherfuckers! Huh? Newbie motherfucker. (laughs) We're gonna do newbie. We gotta figure out how we're gonna split those episodes up, because they range from 4 minutes to 24 minutes. (laughs) Do we just decide we will watch 90 minutes of Ruby every episode, no matter how much 90 <laughs> but, minutes is? But then the first episode is like all of season one and part of season two. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe we'll just split it up the way that the Japanese dub does it, where they re-edited it to be longer episodes made up of the smaller episodes. Interesting. I didn't realize it had been dubbed in Japanese. Yeah, because neat. it's an anime. So. Yeah, no, I got that. They also have a manga. Really? Mm-hmm. No, I did know that because I see panels from it every now and then. Maybe I should read that. I keep wanting to read a Kingdom Hearts manga. Also, I just finished watching Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood, and I might be thinking about reading the manga. Because I'm a trash person. Get the story again, but with less frames. <laughs> I hate, there are two things I hate, Nora. 
Frames and Colors. Right. Well, have I got a video game for you? It's called The Legend of Korra. <laughs> Fuck! I don't know if that joke really made sense, but it seemed to land. <laughs> I wasn't ready, was the thing, is I thought you were going to say Limbo. Oh. I, no, I was talking about real video games. <laughs> what if we played... What if we played the Avatar game for the GameCube? Okay, how? Dolphin. I played Jackbox over Discord the other day, and they screen shared with no problem, and I got the audio from the game and from them. So, like, I don't know what the deal is with your Frankenstein setup. I figured it out, and it's that <laughs> this mixer is 15 years old because I found it in my basement. No, it's only 10 years old. Anyway, it's 10 years old, and it just... The drivers are incompatible with Discord, but mm. when I'm just doing my shitty headphone microphone, it's all good now. Okay. Avatar The Last Airbender, the to... video game, was released on Game Boy Advance, Microsoft Windows, Nintendo GameCube, Nintendo DS, PlayStation 2, PlayStation Portable, Wii, and Xbox. I definitely played the DS version. And then there's a sequel, Avatar The Last Airbender, The Burning Earth, which has Aang looks, looking very angry on the front which is not how look, i think look, of Aang. sorry looking very what i i i heard it i heard it and i was like i'm going to keep talking and hope she doesn't notice she noticed avatar the last airbender the burning earth is a game known for its easy xbox 360 1000 g achievement score which can be quickly unlocked <laughs> in under five minutes what? <laughs> and then there is a... I think this is the final game. Yeah, there's one final game called Into the Inferno, which has Aang looking pissed off and firebending in the uh, art. And it's for the Wii, DS, and PS2. Because we just decided to put this one out on the ones where it could po possibly turn a profit. Maybe. The Wii and PS2 games are different games. Yeah, totally. That's always the case. Yeah. I imagine the DS one is a different game, uh -huh. too. The DS game had, like... There was a plot about a consular in Bossing Say. That's all I remember. Toph can lift up the earth and throw it. Aang can form a sphere of high winds, canonically called an air ball, to break down obstacles and blow away objects by making a circle with the primary controller. Who developed this? Uh, THQ. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So there's like a chance that Disney owns this game now? Weird. I was looking through as to like... For, or, Maybe it wasn't THQ, actually. It Actually, it wasn't, so disregard all of that. But I was looking at okay. El Shaddai. Oh, yeah. That company doesn't exist, and the people who bought the IP for El Shaddai, I think it's a company that's owned by Disney. Weird. I think that's true, technically. So we should totally Weird. get... Enoch in Smash. <laughs> As an Echo Fighter for Bayonetta. 
Aang is unique in that he can canonically bend all four elements, but only fights using airbending, which is a really good um, thing about this game, I feel like. If tell... It, okay, here's the deal. If you say a what Telltale game about Avatar, about? I'm going to quit this podcast. Like, you can have another Avatar property, <laughs> but it has to be a Telltale game in the setting of Avatar. That's appropriate because we just saw those animators talking about how Crunch wasn't so bad, and so Telltale I don't know, is, making is Telltale a game. Is Telltale a, a particularly crunchy dev? I don't know much about them. Um, I a really good article just came out like this week, I believe, from The Verge, but I'm not a hundred percent. That was just about like basically after Jake Rodkin and Sean Vanneman left, like the CEO of that company has gone like mad with power and is constantly trying to chase the success of the first season of walking dead now i want you to be very careful because the last time we mentioned a video game developer on this podcast within two days that developer had shut its doors (laughs) (laughs) well here's the thing is that like the thing they were talking about in um that article which, once again, I believe was The Verge. I hope I have that right. If I say Allie will put it in the show notes, do you think she will? Allie will put it in the show notes. Yes. Um, the reporting on Telltale is that um, because their games are episodic and because mm. they have, like, 20 properties they're working on, it's basically year-round crunch. It's mm. basically year-round, 100-hour weeks. Uh, you know what I think? I think that... Uh, developers should unionize, maybe. Oh, and I think so, too. I have a question for you, Allie. Hit me. Why can't Metroid crawl? I don't know. Real quick, do Why you mean Metroid crawl? Samus or, like, a Metroid? Because either way, I feel like a Metroid should be able to crawl, but I've never seen it. You know Metroid? No crawling. Why? <laughs> Metroid no crawl because Metroid hmm. ball. But. Ball so hard, motherfucker want to find her. Metroid girl. Did you know Metroid girl? <laughs> Metroid girl. I Listen, that's fine with me. Yeah, it's just Brianna Wu wrote the most like cringeworthy article I've ever written in my I life about that. it. Uh, and like. That was one of the first things I remember where I was like, what's a headcanon? What is this? What is this word, headcanon? I'm learning a new thing here, but I don't <laughs> know it yet. Um, the other thing was when I read Dark Disciple. It's uh, Star Wars Dark Disciple. And um, Asajj Ventress is, like, straight in that book. Um, which didn't work for me mm-hmm. uh for, partially because quinlan voss is a piece of shit and uh, adventures could definitely do better even with men um but also like in i always thought that ventures was <laughs> Ace so it was like really jarring to me to have to see that character suddenly get like flustered around a boy 
You realize we we can't have ended the episode already because we didn't do plugs. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> If people want to send you their ah! trans head cannons for video game characters, where can they DM you? <laughs> <laughs> do, do not get in my DMs. I do not like it when people DM me. I do not like it when people at me. You can, you can talk to me on Discord <laughs> like a regular-ass person in a server. <laughs> If I don't know you, don't DM me. It makes me feel uncomfortable. The only thing you're allowed to DM me about is if you're Venmoing me $58 so I can get 36 mugs printed. <laughs> um, Which you can do on Twitter, at Allison underscore copy. I have a pinned tweet with all the things that I do, such as Hot Singles, a music podcast, um... Uh, uh, Zero Heroes, a comic book podcast, which I need to schedule the next episode of. Um, soon there. I heard the last episode of that that went out was really good. Nah, uh, it was the worst episode yet. Um, damn. <laughs> um, are you a firebender? Cause I just got burned. Buttballs. Um, uh, what else do I do besides things? Soon, she really do keep it flamey out. (laughs) Soon, there will be something new on that page called Song of the Summer. Wonder what that will be. Um, Oh, are you going to do a Daft Punk podcast? No. (laughs) (laughs) Extremely tempting, but no. Um, uh, uh, uh. And then I'm going to pull up my DMs with someone real quick and just find... I may also... Who who is this criminal who has already slid into your DMs? <laughs> Here's the thing: is that my friends can slide in my DMs. My friends can. To the listeners, I'm still not considered her friend, so I still can't DM. No, her. absolutely not. Um. Here's the thing: is that it's it's funny. Like, uh, she actually has me blocked on everything, and this is the only <laughs> reason we talk. So here's the thing: is that me and my friend are talking about doing a Full Metal Alchemist podcast because I won't shut the fuck up about Full Metal Alchemist, and she hasn't seen it. Um, And she sent me a share zone tweet yesterday and said, this is what we should title the podcast, and I want listener input on if we should title the podcast Full Metal Dickass. I'm going to go ahead and say probably not. <laughs> you think no to Full Metal Dickass? I think no to that. <laughs> Why is that? Well, exhibit exhibit A, uh, a dick. Uh, exhibit B, uh, ass. <laughs> Interesting. Well, we will take your concerns uh, into notice. How about... How about just FMA Sisterhood? That's what I th- that's what I pitched. Nora, where can people can find, find you online? You can find me on Twitter at neither Nora. You can find me on White Lotus Radio, where I talk about Legend of Korra. <laughs> Go on. Go off, you queen. You can find me on Hollow Sweethearts and Babe City, two podcasts I do with my partner, Aster. You can find me on Pot of Lore, a 
podcast I do with my friend Anna. You can find me on Lost Library sometimes, where I sometimes play a witch, a skater witch, and sometimes soon I will be playing a sword lesbian. Um, you can find me soon, not soon, later this fall, you can find me on Halcyon Station, an upcoming Star Wars actual play podcast run by me in a system called Masks, which is a sort of teen superhero game. We're going to be playing Star Wars with it. By the way, that reminded me of something real quick. Uh, if any listeners have ideas for names of basketball podcasts, you can DM me those. Night Court. My best idea so far is the NBA podcast. Night Court. <laughs> Golden State Dynasty Warriors. Um, Maverick Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> is that the only basketball team you know? No, I... Do you know the other basketball teams that are in Texas? The Astros? That's a baseball team. <laughs> um, the Bulls. They're in Chicago. <laughs> okay, no. It's the... the. the I'll, get, I'll the tell Texas. you they're in Houston and San Antonio. Is it the Texans? That's one of them. I think there's a college team called the Texans. <laughs> Is it the Cowboys? That's the football team in Dallas. I know. Growing <laughs> up in Texas around other people who are into sports when I wasn't, specifically about football, uh, American football, means that like I constantly heard about how great our team could be. Mm-hmm. And no one ever talked about how great it was. <laughs> it was constantly like oh man if only such and such hadn't fumbled the ball eight times it's like it's never all oh, our team is good it's always our team could be so good um there's a really good john boyce video about an nfl's union strike in the 80s which basically paints like the owner of the Dallas Cowboys is a union-busting supervillain. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd believe it. And then, the supervillains get shit on at the end. I was gonna say sidekicks, but I think that's the old name for the soccer team in Dallas. That sounds right. Stars. That's hockey. Do we just end the podcast here? <laughs> no, no. Hold on. I got one for you. Okay, hit me. Shut up and glam. <sighs> that's actually kind of good yeah damn right it is you can also find my rpgs that i write on <laughs> you can support my work uh, at patreon.com slash nora blake um you can retweet my good tweets um what do you have good tweets since when yeah uh yeah, you can't see them because I block you when I tweet them, and then I unblock oh. you after them. So. Okay, <laughs> that seems very inefficient. Yeah, I don't tweet very much anymore. <laughs> um, 
Anyway, next week I guess we'll start season four. Please donate to my Kickstarter so we can make Topless Gun, the prequel to Top Gun. Okay, it's, but um, it it's not a good tweet, Nora. It's a bad tweet. <laughs> hmm. There's some good numbers on it though. Hmm. True. I tweeted 15 minutes ago. We recorded White Lo- White Lotus, and it was a weird one because that's when we started doing plugs. <laughs> yeah, we're still recording. I know. I know. Uh, which I apologize because it is almost two hours long. Holy shit, the last time I looked it was an hour ten, and now we're here. <laughs> Nora. We're at, we're at an hour forty. Um, I think uh, we could just go ahead and uh, and probably end it soon, maybe? Yeah, we should end it soon. You should send it to me today so I can edit it tomorrow because that's my day off. All right. Well, um, the blast demolished several steps, and the guards fell through the hole, plummeted a story, and rolled down several more flights. When they eventually stopped moving, it was obvious from their inelegant body positions that their necks or backs were broken. Snake got up and navigated his way around the huge hole in the staircase, (laughs) fearful not to step on insecure pieces of concrete. I just have this near me now, and it's a, a weapon. <laughs> that was um, Man Who Sold the World, my favorite Nirvana song. It's not a Nirvana song, is it? It's a, it's a David Bowie who's, song. Who's it is Nirvana? a David Bowie song. Someone, someone from the 80s covers it in MGS5. Um, Nirvana covered it in the 90s, and like, thousands of children then thought it was a nirvana song and sometimes i get a kick out of mistakenly saying it's a nirvana song and making nerds mad who's nirvana um uh do you know a gentleman named uh named kurt coben oh miley cyrus's dad (laughs) for the record i like nirvana i think nirvana's great (laughs) no one at me about Nirvana. I've, I've heard like one song, two songs from Nirvana. That's the one. Yeah. I basically only listen to Metric. <laughs> Nora, can I tell you something? What's that? You're valid. Music I've listened to in the last month is all just either metric or uh, Hazel's music. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Nora, come on, hot singles. Oh, you don't have to edit that one. That's good. Yeah, that's true. They put in so much more work on that show than I do. They put in a frankly stupid amount of work on that show, and they're great. (laughs) Anyway. You know who else puts in a frankly stupid amount of effort into a podcast? Shut up. <laughs> Don't call me out. I will edit out any call-outs. <laughs> I rule this podcast with post. an iron fist. Allie is good. You can't spell valid without Allie. <laughs> valid. Yeah. <laughs> That's like when you get 
bodied so hard that you go through the ground and then you've been valleyed. I'm ending the show. I'm ending it. It's happening. All right. Well, thank you for uh, sticking through this episode. I know it got a little weird. I know we took some turns. Uh, We'll be doing a new season next week. Y'all come back now, and we will do a podcast, and you'll listen to it with your ears. What if... What if just like next week we started with like season four, episode one of Clone Wars? Okay. <laughs> I just thought about jumping in at the start of season four of Ruby, and that's fucking like ridiculous. But, um, I am like extremely tired. If it sounds like I'm like loopy, it's because I am. Uh, okay. Let's dip. So, um, Let's get out of here. I don't dip or smoke. I put my hand up on my hip. I bet you dip, he dip, she dip. Uh, would you call me? <laughs> anyway, um, Twitter, you got it. Uh, other podcasts we're on, you got that. Uh, give us your money. Uh, this is such a weird podcast. If you pay Allie $50, she will not order the mugs. That's how this is going to happen. I I don't know if I ever put this on my Patreon or not. I know I tried to. If I ever start making $50 a month on Patreon, I'm going to start a Watchmen podcast, which I will regret. <laughs> like for the movie? No, the comic book. Because I keep wanting to reread it just to find out how I feel about it because it's a mix of both, wow, this is actually kind of good, and wow, this is the worst thing ever. So I kind of want to reread it because it's been years, but I'm only going to do that if I get $50 a month on Patreon to do it because there's no way I'm just going to do that for fun. You should name that podcast uh, just Allison because it's the answer to the question, who watches The Watchmen? (laughs) this has to end what are we doing this cannot continue become as pods I'm just gonna play I'm gonna play this cannot continue over the final hour of the podcast